And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. It is my honor and pleasure to continue bringing the most cutting edge and thought-provoking information in the fields of holistic health, natural nutrition, alternative healing, personal development, spirituality, and conscious living. This podcast has been providing conversations between myself and the world's leading experts in the fields of research that are contributing to the changing of the planet and providing empowered strategies for how to live life on your own terms and how to upgrade your mental, emotional, and physical health so you can become the single most optimized version of yourself in all areas of life. I hope you enjoy this exciting episode we have lined up for you, and it can directly benefit you in your personal goals. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Podcast Show. I am your host, as always, Ronnie Landis. And today we have a very special guest, a very good friend and colleague from Southern California, and just somebody that I really feel like is a global icon at this point in the health, wellness, yoga world, cleansing world. Her name is Rainbow Mars, and this is the second time that she is on this show. It's an incredible honor, and Rainbow has an extremely extensive background in many different areas, she is an actress, an author, an innovator, an educator, and a yogini, and just really just a human being that has been on a mission of helping people heal um, in many different ways. And we had a, we had an incredible conversation, you know, a while ago, maybe about a year ago, for the podcast, and we really dove into some incredible territory. We had both been to 
Egypt at different times. And so we got into this whole conversation about Egypt and spirituality and um, the implications of our lifestyle and our spiritual pursuits and how that all kind of goes together. And we are going to have a brand new conversation that's really about how to stay young, vibrant, beautiful, and healthy for your entire lifetime. And we'll see where that takes us. So thank you so much for joining me, Rainbow. Thank you for having me. I really am excited, as always, to talk with you. And what a beautiful introduction you just gave me. I feel humbled and honored to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And, you know, um, I want to maximize our time together. So I want to just dive right in for the audience sake. You have a very interesting background in the way that you were brought up very different than most people. I know for me, I was brought up basically on a nutritional holocaust. I I didn't get introduced into what we now know as food until I was about 19 or 20. I was a high performance athlete. And when I look back on my life and what I was putting into my mouth throughout my entire, you know, my entire upbringing, it's amazing that not only I was able to perform at the heights of my athletic pursuits, but that I even survived when I look back on the whole thing and, um, and why I have so much reverence for this lifestyle and why it activated me so much, you know, raw food and superfoods and herbalism and all the things that we love and adore. So I'd like to discuss your background growing up in a holistic, organic world and how that influenced the way you live your life and the work you so passionately share with others around the world today? Sure. I'm happy to discuss. I mean, it's so funny because, you know, none of us see ourselves the way that others see us. I I find that's an important thing to share. It's like, you don't, however you're, you're raised, whatever your reality is, you assume that that's everyone else's reality. It's very egocentric kind of way of, of being, we don't, we're not, you know, taught usually most of us how to be in the, everyone else's shoes, right? And so we're just experiencing what we're experiencing. So yes, my mom is an herbalist. She has I don't even know how many books to count on natural medicine. And in many ways, probably me and my sister were her guinea pig. You don't I didn't know at the time that that was groundbreaking or sort of she was rebelling in a way from her parents that were in the 40s that were very much the the, the I would say the generation of white bread and and, um, you know, chemicals, a lot of the glyphosates and things that we started using on our lawns, a lot of that was happening with my mom's generation. So the way that she wrote was raising us. We didn't know that other kids weren't learning about, um, how to, you know, instead of taking antibiotics for strep using Osho and, um, echinacea and garlic on the soles of our feet and ginger compresses, you know, that's just what we knew. So, it, and again, my godmother's an Ayurvedic doctor. So she wrote Ayurveda in the family and aromatherapy in the family. So I lived with her actually in Molokai at 15 when I was rebelling against, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, my parents were great, but I wanted to fit in just like, that's what most teenagers I think go through. So when people would say, you must be so healthy. Your mom is Brigitte Mars. I would be like eating marshmallow whip peanut butter sandwiches at my friend's house, like, and like Captain Crunch and stuff. Like when I would get into the Seven Elevens, like I'd be getting Doritos and like Campbell's cup of tomato soup. Like just, I wasn't even getting like the junk food. It was like, Oh, this is so real food. So 
I didn't really eat fast food though. That wasn't something, I mean, I had Taco Bell later, um, a lot of bean burritos when we got driver's licenses, never a hamburger, never like that. I think that this was also before the live food movement came about. So there was a lot of like tofu, um, scrambles and a lot of my mom would do things like deep fried yucca plants, which is like a wild edible plant or like nettles, eggs. We didn't eat a lot of animal products, although my, my stepdad did hunt. So there was occasional times that we ate deer. Um, and I remember like giving thanks to the life and kind of having some reverence for that. But my mom was, was cutting edge, but I didn't realize that, you know, that, um, Terrence McKenna and would be like, staying in a teepee in our backyard and Susan Weed and, and Rosemary Leary, Timothy Leary's wife is my sister's godmother. So it was a particular hippie royalty, if you will, that you don't, you know, of course, for me, I was embarrassed when I was nominated like homecoming queen that my stepdad with like John Lennon glasses and hair down to his back would maybe drive me around in the car. Cause I was just trying to like look normal. I drove an Audi. I, I dressed very preppy. I was an actress. Um, kind of like a photojournalist and just doing, I didn't need to learn about natural medicine. And it was really not until I came to Hollywood that um, I, you know, I hadn't necessarily dig, dug deep as, as a yogi or like a, now I study transpersonal psychology. So that was all much later in my years. That's not something my mom was teaching me. Um, my godmother, definitely yoga. So I was learning yoga 101 with her. Um, didn't know I would, from, you know, would apply it to my cheerleading squad when, Amy didn't like me and she'd be like, well, she, you know, if you don't like her, it's something that you don't like about yourself. And, you know, just like all this like 101 mirroring, but definitely, you know, yoga teacher wasn't on the, the sort of the platter of things I thought I would be passionate about. It was really um, my best friends who are actresses having yeast infections or bladder infections or zits and them really not knowing where to start. Like, don't, you know, you go take Uva Ursi or Usnia and drink more water and cranberry. Like a lot of people, they're raised to like go to a doctor and take antibiotics at any given moment. I took antibiotics maybe once or twice in my life, also for kidney infections. So it's not like I'm immune to these healings. But so now I kind of to speed up this long journey because there's obviously many twists and turns in between. I feel with all of the things that I'm passionate about, I feel so, so in love with the, our environment and the balance and beauty that our, that our earth provides us. And it saddens me that more people don't know, have, know how to be a healer in their own home. And so I'm definitely dedicated to not only making sure we do the right thing and, and hopefully like could reverse our bees from being extinct. I can't believe they're on the endangered species list, but, um, to save our oceans, which to me has to do with regenerative agriculture. So taking care of ourselves is what cares for the earth. And it would be, it feels very selfish for me not to serve in this way. And if you study Buddhism, um, the way that we become awakened is to share our knowledge with others. So it's not like I feel like I know any more than others. I guess I was just given a particular birthright that it feels kind of an obligation and part of my service to share. <laughs> That's amazing. There's so many things that that came up for me. I was thinking of my my friend and colleague Tyler Tolman. He's the son of the famous Don Tolman, and I just I was like, what an interesting parallel, right? Like he also grew up under this this like kind of tutelage of his father, but he rebelled completely until he got really sick, and then he finally was like, all right, Dad, I'm ready to I'm ready to take this on. Then he became also like yourself, like this 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 worldwide like 
um, healing and fasting expert and, and found his dharma, right? And, mm-hmm. and so I find that just a beautiful thing. I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering, like, do you feel like there was like a bit of like almost like a spiritual initiation that that kind of was bestowed upon you? I'm always just curious, like, what was the underlining um, dharma or karma in certain stories where people, you know, like it, it would be very easy to assume, like, like, uh, like your story suggests that, oh yeah, you were you were raised by by Bridget Mars and and this and that and like you, it would just have dawned on you from an early early age, but that obviously wasn't the case. I almost, I'm really hesitating to 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 say the first thing that came to my mind, but um, I will. And that is that, I mean, I thought of two things. One, you know, I almost died of asthma as a kid. So despite my, the kind of the, he, the healing of, of natural medicine and all of the, the uses of them, there was a lot psychologically and also spiritually that I had not received. My mother um, was never told she was loved. Like that's deep. You know, she comes from a very wealthy parents, private planes and all girls boarding schools, which I think gives a funny picture to the reality of who my mother is. Like when you see her mom, it's a funny thing. So I would, you know, so I really wanted her to be more like her mom, you know, like, why can't you wear the Chanel glasses? And, you know, so I was, you try to, we can skip generations. So the fact that my mom, I think walking into a hippie party at like 12 or 13 and them telling me marijuana was a sacred plant, that meant to me that I didn't need to do that. I mean, I think I might've my mom always jokes that I threatened to call the police on them. Um, so, cause I was like really preppy. Right. So what, but what I did do, unfortunately, um, and I know my mom wasn't okay with like alcohol or smoking cigarettes, but that's what I did. Marijuana was good. So that wasn't what I was interested in, but smoking cigarettes, alcohol, chemicals, I will add, I did definitely did those. And I remember, I mean, there's just like, there's this one instance. It's the first thing I thought of. Um, and like my whole life, I've had a particular innate sense of guidance. I think that being born in a TV under a double rainbow and, and having your parents kind of be at John Denver's house on the top of Aspen mountains and doing mush, magic mushrooms and me being like, you guys have rainbows around your bodies. Like me seeing it, even though they didn't give me the mushrooms, like there was a certain guidance system that I always had. Um, I've had near death experiences, whether it was you know, sleeping in the rainforest in the in Molokai and like being stuck in the water or like way above the skylines in Switzerland. You know, I went to um I went and had a Ural pass when I was 17. I hope my daughter doesn't listen because that's what she wants to do. I, I'm so there's so many moments where I'm lucky that I am alive, to be honest, but I'm I always felt guided. And there was a moment when I was modeling in LA that I remember one of my first big modeling jobs and some girl like was doing some chemical afterwards. And they told me that it was like clean version of cocaine. And I had done already cocaine. And I remember, um, and I remember doing it and like clean cocaine. Okay. Clean, you know, like, and I always somewhere in my heart was always a yogi. Like if I did drugs, I was usually like would leave the party and start stretching and like massaging my body with coconut oil. So it was a part of me, and I think any reason that people do any sort of drugs is because of um, chemical, uh, is because of wanting to connect, like wanting to connect and they don't know how to do it naturally. And we've lost our connection. And now I've been studying definitely for the last many years, like how to reconnect naturally. But at that time, you know, it's, it, at that time I didn't have that. So I just remember there was a moment um, 
And I was like totally withdrawing, which was actually crystal meth. Don't recommend it to anyone. Please don't. And I was, you know, this, I was like 19, um, maybe 18, maybe 19. And there was this moment where there was like my being, I think was talking to me, like my guiding angels. And they said, we've been here for you this whole time. But if you keep going down this path, like you can't we can't be with you anymore. Like you're, you're, you have free will and you can't just keep sabotaging your life and allowing, just expecting us to continuously to guide you. Like we're going to like pop shit basically. And I, at that time I sold my apartment in um, Hollywood. I think I was already studying yoga, but I hadn't really applied myself after that. I, I got to the beach. I, I folded blankets at the yoga studio. I wanted to like, um, clean, like karmically, I needed to like really learn yoga. I wanted to stop modeling. I put on weight. I needed to know that I would love myself, whatever shape and size part of any chemicals. I think that we're just clueless about oftentimes it's really sad to say, but it's sometimes a weight thing. It's sometimes like you feel super, um, synthetically like a superhero in a world that you're, it's, you're so judged on an external, uh, thing, which, you know, it's just there was one moment where I was drinking coffee and looking in the mirror and like working out at midnight at Gold's Gym and just this voice saying like, you have this one temple for your whole life. That was after that. So I started doing yoga. I would do yoga. I would work out. I was just, you know, you have to go sometimes in front of a room of 10 executives in your bathing suit and like do 360s. And I can't tell you how weird that type of job is for um, any anyone really. And as a young like Latin kind of part Latin, really brought up stuff. So anyway, I was committed to learning to love myself despite whatever shape, whatever size, whatever age. I really wanted to stop modeling and I did. And then eventually the yoga after a lot of tears, a lot of kind of crying on the mat, a lot of investigating where that fear was coming from and um just praying, like taking flower essences, like you starting to really utilize, I think all of the tools that I've been given my whole life, never did any drugs ever since then. I never took any chemicals. I did use marijuana later on in my life when I was stressed out and I don't anymore, but it was because I think it was in my head that that was a, a sacred plant. It does definitely have um, some healing benefits. I think it has a cost to it for sure and can numb out people. But my experience was that, and later on, I was in the rainforest um, and I almost kind of was on, down the river for three days uh, in the midst of like rain. And all I could focus on was the moon and the sun. I was doing a movie and I was playing like a photojournalist. I'm, and I had this experience after having like 150 bites on me and like being tested to my will. At one point, I pressed my knee like they were taking a shot and I was in the Amazon and there was like an egg that came out. And I was like, I can't like... I can't do Amazon anymore. Like, dear God, help me. And at the end of the shoot, I'm sleeping in this um, hotel. I don't even know how old I am. And all of these like light workers were working on me this whole night. And I was having conversations. And one of the things I asked them about to bring a full circle was, remember that time when you said you would leave me? Um, was that real? Was that you? And they were like, we told you whatever you needed to hear. Like you, you the areas that the bugs have bit you are the areas that need awakening. <laughs> anyway, that was a whole night I could go into detail. I don't think I've ever shared that publicly, but I think that, and I don't know how old I was when I was doing that movie. It was one of the highlights of my life, but 
you know, I think that we're all on a spiritual path to come home to ourselves. And I think it's what's hard about my fall and why I don't recommend it, honestly, because I think if my daughter heard that, she might say, okay, like, that therefore that was so much fun that you were this crazy teenager and therefore I should do the same thing. And I would just say to anyone, and the reason why I am quiet about that is that God, like all of the time that I had to spend healing myself, like, and that I have, I don't want to say an expertise in healing myself, but maybe because I've spent enough years doing it, I don't recommend it. Like just be healed and like do your service, do your art. If I could go backwards and and change the parts of myself that was looking for connection through the synthetic ways, I definitely would change it. Um, at the same time, I'm just grateful that I have a strong being and I have a strong guidance. And that despite some of the errors I've made, that think, you know, we, anyone has a path to rectify. And I have done a lot of rectification and now being a mother of a 10 year old, three things that I've, um, that I'm learning. And I, obviously for most of us, it's not an option yet, but that, but there's always the option to right now begin is that the path for any of us is to rectify and that if humanity, humanity will become enlightened, but the children have to not fall and anything that we basically say yes to or don't fight against is something that we're saying yes to. So now I study um, the NUMA system, but also Buddhism. And in essence, we want to work against that, the negative attributes of our psyche. And had I known that no amount of plant medicine and chakra awakening and kundalini was enough to have me work against the the egos which I had no idea about but anyway so I guess in a sense my journey being a bridge is about going through maybe I guess the good news about that is that I I really want everyone to know that it hasn't been all fruitcakes and and um nettles tea like I've definitely experienced addiction heartbreak all the bad stuff and I, and I have gotten through it and to the point of like necessity, like, like that where there was nowhere else to go. I've almost made a total disaster of my life and by the skin of my chinny chin chins have rectified and gotten through that and now live an amazing life. And I'm so, so grateful for the teachings that I have learned and applied to myself and like have in many ways done the work, but I'm, I'm still a work in process in progress. Wow. Wow. There, there's so much there. Um, yeah, it's almost like I have to take a moment to just kind of... Sorry. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, there's just so many like little shockwaves of insight going through me because I can so relate. I can so relate to the, to the essence of everything that you're sharing. One of the things I think is so important, it's a great segue into the next, the next thing I want to talk to you about is this this idea that you don't have to go through unnecessary healing, right? Like, in, in what I think you said, you actually very clearly said it, is that if you don't have to, then don't. Because you're going to spend so much time reconciling and, and healing yourself. And I've seen so many people, Rainbow, I'm sure you have too in our community, in our field, that are constantly healing themselves. And they're always in the, the state of healing. But being healed, and th- actually, this is really this is what I, this is such a great thing to bring up, and I want to get your take on it because I, I remember one time I was giving a lecture, and I didn't even really realize I said it, but somebody had had brought this to my attention. It kind of made me see the profundity to it. 
I basically said something to the effect that at some point in your life, you are healed. You don't have to keep healing. You don't have to keep going down the, 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 the rabbit hole of healing and psychedelics and, and, and all this different stuff to heal yourself. At some point, you have to actually make a decision. I'm healed and I'm going to move on. And uh, since you brought that up, I'd love to get your insight on that. As you know, there's so many people in our global community of the healing world that are on this healing quest, um, but may never, but may pass that point where they're actually healed and, and not actually see it when it happens. Yeah, it's funny. Well, one, I, I think that we need to be honest with ourselves. Truth, you know, is one of the first limbs and the Ashtanga eight limbs, the yamas, the niyamas. Like you, you shouldn't be like, I'm healed if you're not, right? If there's disturbance, it's like, okay, I, I need some copaiva. Like, like I think that the honesty is really helpful and, and um, almost like, what's the word? Uh, when you, when you go to, what is, when you, um, when you want to rectify and you admit what something's confession, confession is a way for us to heal. And I think when you pretend, if you're in a well-elaborated lie, you're, the healing can't begin. But some of the teachers of our time that people look up to, for instance, even Deepak Chopra and Osho, they talk about how you should embrace the ego or that suffering is inevitable. And I've been studying that pain is inevitable, but suffering is an option. And so through this transpersonal psychology that we study, it, there really is a path to be able to observe that which is going to make you suffer and be able to like kind of stay on course and to not think, oh, okay, but and it's all good. It's all like any way I go, anything I do, because often the ego is there leading us that way. The, the, the Buddha is just kind of share, sharing some of that light because I literally just got off a plane three days ago from being with like the you know highest and which means the most humble Tibetan monks that I just feel so grateful to be able to study next to them is they work really, really hard, like farther than anyone we see in the West. They are praying, meditating, serving, debating, humble. Like you're not going to see them like us. We live in the world. So I switched from being on a yoga mat to putting on some high heels and some a pretty dress to be on a red carpet, like a kind of a crazy duality, whereas they would never, they could care less, right? Their, their focus is um, to their awakening is like if they as far as they can go in one lifetime is their success is that's what success is measured in so as far as being healed and and healing we need to stop creating chaos for ourselves because wherever there's chaos there's ego so if there is oh like heartbreak but you just got into a relationship where you knew in the first place it was toxic but you did it anyway and then you you know, one thing with sexuality, because I think that's a part of something that we really, I don't know, there's so much to be said on the subject, but um, we spent a lot of time, I think there's a whole conversation, it's a very popular conversation right now about no titles, no, um, no kind of like commitments. And what I witness is a lot of suffering, a lot of lying to yourself where you're pretending, oh yeah, go be with whoever you want. And meanwhile, Karma surya is something where you take on the karma of anyone who you're intimate, like you're sexually intimate with and anyone that they're intimate with. So you could be picking up energetics and sufferings and kind of karmas from an entire community of people. And so people are like, why am I not okay? I'm depressed. I'm this, I'm that. 
So we basically have to, how do we stop the insanity? You know, so again, going back to Buddhism, just this, this practice of, or I study Numa, which is similar to Buddhism, only instead of dissolving the ego, which is something we do in transpersonal psychology, like meditating on that, which is making you suffer. So there's I like to a day, like choose pride or criticism that, you know, whatever I'm working on right now. And I go into my own heart and I ask them to be dissolved any shadow seeds or roots, which is a huge beauty secret in aging in like not aging. Cause it's really, it's not necessarily the wrinkles and it's not necessarily age. It's the egos. It's like our judgment, our anger, our um, jealousy, our greed, our gluttony, our sloth. These are the things that make us like, this is what we don't die. We kill ourselves. So we are slowly committing suicide. We are creating ugliness and deformation and um, being right and all of that stuff. And then we have to look at like, you want to know your future, look at your mind. So working against that grotesque negative attribute of your psyche rather than embrace it. So going back to the teachers I mentioned before, rather than going, oh, it's all good. Like my greed is good. My anger is good. No, it, if it's creating suffering in my heart, how do I... So that's a whole other teaching that's in transpersonal psychology. And then spiritual rebirth, like becoming a Buddha, becoming a Christ, like becoming enlightened. Like that's actually an option for us. I think we think there's a a common denominator that it's either the guru or the teacher or Buddha himself or Christ. But our job is to awaken. And there are practices to do that. I'm scheduled to teach tonight about awakening the kundalini and the reality is is that no amount of just practicing on the chakras and and sublimating will actually awaken our kundalini but there are practices to awaken our kundalini which is how to you know at some point each of our vertebrae have a different temple in them and when once we can arrive at another place we get like a halo you can see when people are enlightened i'm not one of those i'm I, most of us have about 3% consciousness where our opportunity is to have 100% consciousness and if someone says, that's not, that's not exciting to me, but like, um, but I want plastic surgery instead, let me get beauty in that way. I don't know. I just, I am passionate about the idea of astral traveling and enlightenment. And like that is, there's no better beauty secret if you bring vanity into that. But I'm telling you those, those monks glow with beauty because of their inner work. And so there's nothing, there's no better beauty secret than inner work. So happy to speak about any more of that. And then the third is either about service, like service to your community or service to God. The Buddhists don't do service to God because they, that's just not their part of their practice. But I like the service to God aspect, something that's bigger than ourselves. And, and in fact, that's one of the ways to awakening. So those three tools, as opposed to all of the time that we spend creating suffering in the first place, um, can lead to our healing. And yes, be healed. So that you can do whatever it is that you're here to do. You have to do something when you're not in your own practice. But I mean, most people are great artists or great, even if your art, your art is, I don't know why I thought even business people like that could be a healer in the form of business or accounting or, but I mean, definitely I have a great love for the arts as a healer, this, this um, podcast that you have and this, this service of that you have to so many people about your modalities of healing and health and wellness and longevity. So I feel that, yes, the amount of time and space that would open up for us to do good, because there's a lot of work to be done on the planet and it's not time for us to be selfish and and to spend. If we're, if we have too much time to be too 
much suffering and like depressed, we've got too much time of our, on our hands. So we should figure out, do something, whether it's like a course like Landmark or I don't know, we have a mentorship program with I Live Oil. Um, do something. Let me think of some other things. Go study Buddhism. Go study the new. Do something and then get on with your life. I mean, get on in a way of being of service because if we are in our suffering mode, I don't mean to judge people that are suffering, but because I'm not, because we've, we've all suffered and we've all been there. But yes, there is something on the other side of that. And I would just recommend that the ego, the ego's job is to break our hearts and to make sure we don't get enlightened. So if we're giving power to that voice, we are not spending time on the other stuff. So it's our, it's our choice. We're either children of the divine within us or the being, or we're children of the ego. And there's a lot of that other stuff being perpetuated, which is why we see a lot of self-imposed suffering and a lot of time kind of perpetuating the same patterns. And because so you could switch the physical health pattern, which is great. I mean, food does have a vibration. Water has a vibration. Plant medicine has a vibration. That's why I work with these powerful food-grade essential oils now, because I might, as a yoga teacher, be able to hold space for someone and say like, inhale, exhale, like let's get into the back bends. But there is an intelligence and a frequency that some of these plants have called, like frankincense has sesquiterpene almost done. And it goes in and it rewrites miswritten codes in the body and in the frequency of the brain. So like it's beyond, you know, rose is the highest Hertz frequency in the world. So using mother's nature's gifts, um, I'm not judging that there's not healing. I would just say, yes, heal as quickly as you, you can. Don't let your mind get in the way of that. Don't let your mind stop you and spend millions of dollars and hours and years um, in that process, like get it, get on with it, get all the tools that you need so you can have your daily practice and like do what you're here to serve with your heart. And there's no mistake that, you know, heart and art are together. And when we are, um, having the courage, I think of also the root word, liqueur, which is the heart, the French word in courage, we're having the courage to live our destiny and to live our own personal dream. Then we are, yeah, we're being of great service. The planet. Thank you. I hope that answered the question. Answered a lot of different questions. (laughs) That was amazing. I I just I could not agree more and just really resonate with everything you've said. And you know, just just so I think a great segue from that too is you know, over all these years, I'm curious, what have you found to be the true pathway towards vibrant health and developing a lifestyle? based on beauty, vibrancy, and longevity. Obviously, you you just really talked about maybe the most important part of it all, which is the inner work. Um, but as far as a lifestyle goes, like what have you found to be like an incredible pathway for most people on that path? Um, I think that not everyone is going to eat plant-based food. I wait, you know, I, I think that it's a great environmental thing, but I would, and not everyone is going to change religions. Right. So I would just say like all that stuff, like if something's working for you, amazing. If I could plant a couple of seeds that I think is the most um, core and root stuff would be learn to meditate, you know, actually not just meditate necessarily to, to, to transform your mind but to, or to quiet your mind, but to actually observe your own, um, the root cause of your suffering. Because if you can go inside and to, and if you believe in God or not, isn't, I, I like to use the word mother, uh, the divine mother or something, because 
at the end of the day, the way that we transform is within. And if we're always doing stuff out here, that's, that's hard. So I, I don't mean to repeat the same answer. So I'll make sure it's different, but I would say learn to meditate. Sexual magic is something that is huge for me because the art of, um, the art of white Tantra, which is what I practice is one of the greatest life changing tools that I've had. And it's a way to, you don't just actually awaken your Kundalini through, um, through just like doing particular asana practices. Although when I teach yoga and I teach my Rayoka system, I do work on awakening, opening from the inside out, also investigating where there is the, the darkness, where is there the jealousy or the comparison or the judgment for self. It always begins in ourselves first. So having a practice is going to help us do that. But not every, people have different practices. For some people, it's Tai Chi. For some people, it is yoga. Hopefully it's something that, connects you inward, I find that if I'm just doing external practices, it's, it's not the same because I'm not looking within. So anything that you do that guides you to seeing the effects of your the poison of our mind or, or the poison of what we eat. So if you don't have something to bump up against, like if you don't have a personal practice, you don't know how the bag of chips and like watching too much TV affected you. You know if you're like, okay, like I'm going to get on my mat. There's some, I, I mean, I have to give another prop to the actual practice of asana because there's just something about those postures that don't allow you to avoid it even when I go on a hike I can't get into my actual alignment and how much my heart might be closed down or there's just different effects that the mind has on the body that I really appreciate the yoga practice to open you up so even if you have another sports practice I would try to plant the seeds of like, it's a billion dollar gift that was given to us all at birth. It doesn't take any amount of money or traveling. Like it's right there for you. At this point, you can get some great information on the internet for free. Like I have a free, many free YouTube videos out there with Lionsgate. Like some of them are not as edited as I would like, but I would say, and you know, definitely practice yoga. Um, if you have a good teacher, find that. And then, yes, do eat as, eat as many live foods as you can. Look to nature as your guidance system. So as much time as you could actually spend in nature, hopefully we have nature to, to, that it continues to sustain so we can learn and heal from nature, either being within it or ingesting it. So ingesting nature or ingesting plant medicines like the essential oils that we're working with or applying them in our bodies because there is a frequency that um, we take in and on and we can become more aware and more conscious of being part of the solution from those places. And when we click into being part of the solution, we are happier people. And to me, health and beauty and success is about being healthy and happy and healed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll stop. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And um you know, so I'm, I'm curious now, like, what is your current lifestyle like? You know, what is the routine that you start and follow throughout your day? And also, how has your personal diet changed or stayed the same over the years? Well, um, okay, I'll try to answer in order of given. So my personal daily lifestyle is, it's different because I travel a lot. It's funny, when I stopped working with Adidas, I thought I would travel less because it's a lot on the body, I think to like, but it's also amazing that we can do that. So I haven't traveled less. What now I, when I go to a country, I'm instead of working and just teaching um, or like doing photo shoots, I'm more, I get more time with the people like, so that's really 
powerful for me. But so my routine changes. So I have to have an inner routine. And I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't go anywhere without my essential oils. So that's why I share it so adamantly. There's some people, some haters out there saying like, why is she, you know, pushing this um, global? Like I feel doTERRA means for the earth. I don't, and it, and it, I've watched their co-source impacting and all the indigenous people they support. But just me, they support me, like in my travels and in my daily baths that I take, like I both bathe in oils, right? It depends what mood I need to be in. So I take a bath. I always go into a bath clean. But those of you like that don't want to bathe, um, of course, don't bathe in your dirt. Go into a bath clean. Um, use essential oils because there's a vibration that will help if you're feeling like you need to be cooled off and energized. Maybe you use some peppermint or lemon. If you need to calm down, maybe use some lavender or vetiver. But they're very much kind of like my best friends. When I'm traveling, I put balance on the soles of my feet, which helps my blood flow. I use frankincense directly on my skin, my face, helichrysium and myrrh that are, are things that help. There's, there's a whole blend called Immortal. And I feel like these plants really work. It's funny. I feel a little like my mom because if I would have, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, if I would be helping people learn about plants, I... Um, would have laughed at them. But I guess in this moment, my love for our environment and also watching how much this stuff helps me, it would, going back, I would just feel selfish if I wasn't sharing truly, like get over that thing because if we, I really believe from my heart of hearts that we would all benefit from using plants daily in our lives. So bath, tea, I drink yerba mate. I don't drink coffee. Sometimes I take breaks from yerba mate as well. I consider myself a flexitarian. So that kind of goes in your next question. And I didn't finish my whole routine. I sometimes drive my daughter to school. Sometimes I don't. I'm very grateful if I practice yoga, maybe um, three or four times a week, but it's, I meditate. I should have mentioned, I, I do something called transpersonal psychology every morning when I wake up and I meditate for about an hour, I will um, set my alarm and kind of go back to sleep. Like a, I do it lying down and that's a whole other practice bath. I, I take baths, by the way, before I practice, even if it's like my feet up the wall or Supta Baddha Konasana, people think why. And so I often don't take baths after I practice because I feel like that sweat is clean. If I do sweat and it actually feels really good, maybe use some rose, you know, open my frequency. My favorite oils right now are Copaiba, which is called like liquid Zen and it kind of balances and nourishes the brain. I like to take a drop internally maybe twice a day, I put rose on my pulse points, the highest frequency. It's a great healer, opens my heart. And I like to put like deep blue on the back of my neck. I do that sort of morning, noon and night. It's my, it's my reminder to take a breath, to pray before I eat, to sort of reconnect with myself and my center. And as far as, yeah, actually my diet, I definitely still eat mostly plant-based. I eat live foods. I do my cleanse like four times a year at least, or when I have a, a public um, photo shoot or something like some. I have a photo shoot I have to plan for. I'll like have my chef come and make me all these live blended soups and with like lion's mane and diamond powder and cat's claw and hoshiwu and ashwagandha. I take my vitality nutrient path every day, which I thought at first with doTERRA that the supplements felt like too laboratory, but you they have like um, nettles and dandelion and milk thistle and like clove and caraway and turmeric. And as an Ayurvedic, um, practitioner as well as an herbalist, it blows my mind to be able to have plants that I didn't just get from my mom's and have her scramble up some nettles. So as far as convenience, um, and then the rest of my life always w- looks kind of like very 
different every day. I might be at, at a board meeting with 30 women um, who are doing a fundraiser for my daughter's prep school, or I could be, I was just at a meeting with eight abbots, um, you know, some of the top sort of Rinpoche's and Geishas in the Buddhist community because we're planning something with the Dalai Lama actually in 2019 and we're a monastic experience that people can come join in on. So, or I might be, um, you know, let's see, what are other symptoms of my lifestyles? I have my own company, Rainbow Mars Lifestyle. So I do board meetings. I do some press things. We do, we sort of do branding, um, like where we're creating new products. I do a lot of wellness consultations now, which is something that there was a moment in my life when I wasn't working for the truth that I, um, that I kind of wanted to like get away and like have my place and my sanctuary and my piece of paradise in the world. And now through wellness consultations, this need, uh, and also the company that I'm working with is there's this different thing that's shifted in where I'm serving in a really powerful way regularly. So I both mentor individuals that are wanting to be health and wellness educators, as well as wellness consultations to people all day long. So I, not all day long, but a few times a week. So I ask people like, okay, what are, what's your intention? What three things do you want to work with? And then we come up with like an overall broad, I do a prayer, we do a prayer together. And then like a, a morning, noon and evening plan of what we can do to overcome that intention. And there's just something about my heart um, that feels so good to help and support an individual person as opposed to just doing television. I am working on a new book. I mean, there's a million other things. I'll end with saying that my dream still is like, I not only say that to me, be healed so you can do what you're doing, but it, I want and pray like everyone be healed, right? Like just get it, like be a healer in your home. I want to do this one movie called Sisters of Seven. It's actually a TV series. I'm, I'm a producer in that. I'll, I also have a part in it. My daughter is um, one of the leads and it's basically about seven women whose egos becomes their superhero power. No one's allowed to take that. That's mine. And I want to do this art, but like we need to heal so we can do our art. Right. And I don't want to be looking the other way why our bees are dying and our oceans are turning acid. So I beg you all, you know, it takes 700 million of us to make the change, but that's the good news is it's going to take 10% of us to do the right thing, to get a compost, do soil regeneration, give back to the earth, become conscious, become awake and aware um, I'm just, so however we need to get to that number, I'm happy to support that. Wow. Wow. That's so inspiring. So empowering. Wow. I hope I finished like my whole lifestyle thing, but it's like, yeah, like I'll work on a script and you know, it's just, it's different every day, but the, the morning is always the same. Yeah. No, that and was, there's a lot of family dinners too. So sorry, go on. <laughs> no, that was brilliant. I think, I think the, and the big point there is that you can create order out of chaos because it sounds like there's so much going on in your world. I can definitely understand that. And yet somehow we have rituals and routines that anchor us into and help us ground, right? Because when things are going on, you have so many projects and, and clients and whatever's going on, you're super creative, obviously. So I'm sure there's no shortage of new ideas popping up. I know one for one of the issues for me is I have too many book ideas. And then it's like, it takes me at least a year to two years to work on one book, let alone the seven books that I want to write. So there has to be like this, this orderliness to the chaos, which I think you, you pretty much. Describe. I think you're calling me chaotic. 
But um, yeah, without without like <laughs> without my essential oils and my baths and practice, it would be. I mean, honestly, like if I if I accepted every a night, like every sort of invitation, and this is not bragging, but there's like a charity event. There's a, I mean. There is events every single night, and half of them I don't go to. It could be a Lakers basketball game. It could be a charity event with the Marcianos. And, like, there's moments where you do try to do everything. There's other moments where you're like, I, um, you can just feel it's too much. I just got up. What's important to you? Like, right now, to go to India with, these, with this particular project, I didn't go to several very important Oscar parties with all of the schmoozing with all of those people and you know what you just have to figure out what is your main um goal and how do things fit in to that and within that there are certain things that fall away and that you can't get to we need some type of a routine and something that tethers us they say in yoga that the mula bandha is the tether to the root of prana without some routine none of that other stuff is possible but one joke just like any given day i flew in from India and the ne- and I got home at 1.30 in the morning and the next day hosted a 50 person baby shower at my house. Wait, where is the, you can kind of see, I had that room. Wait, I don't even know. Somewhere over there. Actually, that's not really a, bit, a good visual. Okay. Yeah. Over there. So somewhere over there had those couches moved out, had, well, I, I need to acknowledge my team because without a team, nothing is possible, but I had like the right caterer, the right, um, like dessert woman set up. I had my team people, the people that help clean and work on this house are like my gurus. Like I worship at their feet and to be able to pull off the service of 50 people in this particular girl that Amber, who was going to throw her own baby shower. And so when you're in, like you have to listen to your heart, but when something inspires you and it kind of makes you, it amplifies you a little bit, like go towards that. So for whatever reason, I, you know, the 11th was the only day it could happen because the co-host was like a big musical drummer and she's one that she's on tour. That was the only day she could do it. And so when we are healed and we can stay grounded and use our oils, despite where the world throws us, then there will be things that will be possible that will feel um, inhuman. And I would just say like, we don't even know what we're capable of because we're all so mentally, emotionally, and physically bogged down by by actual chaos. And even though it seems like a lot internally with my transpersonal psychology, with my, whatever yoga practice I have, and thank God for my essential oils, because they keep me healthy. If I didn't have those and I'm popping like digest Zen and some sassy on the plane, if I didn't have those for sure, I would have gotten sick on that last trip, which used to happen. Even in my famous yoga days with my feet behind my head, I would get sinus infections when I would travel transatlantic and I would just be exhausted when I would land. So I just really want to say this isn't some hokey thing. The power of plants. Um, Mother Earth is a genius. She's beyond any other guru on this planet, any other podcaster, sorry, or yoga teacher or author. And, you know, we need to look like the, the good news is we talk, I talk about yoga, how everyone has access. Well, everyone has access to Mother Earth and to, you know, use gravity to like, just start to pay attention. That's why composting, spending time in the earth is such a healer because you start to, I feel like there's this divine voice that she has where she starts to speak to us with, in, in Hawaii, we call it aloha aina. And that means if you, it's a saying that if you love the land, the land will love you. So if you take care of the land, 
the land will take you. So maybe maybe my answer after all of these, let's clear away everything else and say, just take care of the earth. And um, that's going to come back to you at times a million. And I think that gives me a lot of, of um, grace points. Like I'm given a lot because of my love for her. I think there's a lot of, I asked that question once when I was um, in Brazil feeling like I was dying from too many bug bites. And I said, why are you guys talking to me like this? And by the way, I've had publicists say like, yeah, don't ever tell anyone that story. You sound a little crazy. So I think I said that last time when we did an interview, but they said, you know, everyone we are here, like there are beings, everyone has a guidance system. Everyone has beings. I'm not special, but somehow maybe it's the not having done as many chemicals or eating as much cooked food as when I grew up, but I just am listening. So I would just let you know that there is spirituality. Isn't something that you have to learn or that you have to like, it's within all of us. It's within our hearts. We all just need to go down the 34 centimeters or how many is it inches from our head to our hearts and get access and to like do practice where our head gets out of the way. And when you hear a voice, like, don't be like, what? That's just my voice talking. There is a voice internally and we can reconnect with it, but we have to, in that sense, our most important journey for all of us is that journey to our hearts and, and to not, um, to not disregard that as not being important and that there's something outside that we need to do, but this dissension down gravity, our hearts and to listen to your own guidance system, because in essence, what I'm meaning to say is most people just aren't listening, but there's nothing that I have or anyone else has that's different than what every, every single one of us is given at birth or even before. So learn to listen. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing that right now. I'm definitely feeling everything that you're sharing and the, the depth of it. There's a lot of depth and insightfulness to everything that you've been sharing here, especially as it pertains to the transformation and spiritual journey that we all are on in some way, whether we're conscious of it or not, whether we're aware of it or not, something is compelling us. Something is propelling us to what I believe is our, our destiny that we were born with. And it's, it's kind of like this unfolding, awakening thing. It gets a little more clear as we get clear and get on the path, right? It starts to put itself together in our mind. And then eventually, you know, one of the things that I, I, I found as a, as a really great insight for healing is that I believe healing is when you forget that you were ever in pain to begin with. When that old self, the reference points to the chronic pain and the emotional toxicity and the relationships and the old habits and the old person that used to be, it's not even like we have to, it's like not even like uh, we have to change ourselves. It's where we forget, almost forget about who we used to be when we were less than our authentic self. And I think that's a powerful, a po- pretty powerful insight into all this. Yeah. Um, you just make me think of like forgiving and forgetting is huge because if, I think that we're, I mean, and that might be the greatest beauty secret. There's so many great ones, but like holding on to that anger, whatever that story is, we have to forgive and forget. Often I'm starting with clients, like we do the ho'opono basically, you know, I think, you know, Howard, but he is, does. I often tell people to download the Howard Gold's prayers. Like he's kind of like a dad to me. Yeah. He's not my teacher, but he, those prayers are guided and amazing. And he is amazing healer. Um, Thank you, God. Wait, God, you can do it without God. Let's do it without God. 
for me, myself, and my entire lineage throughout all time and space, past, present, and future, please help us to forgive all people, all people to forgive us, help us to forgive each other, help us to forgive ourselves, help us to love each other, help us to love ourselves. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. That like clearing like daily, you know, daily, like forgiving everyone, forgiving yourself. And yes, you will find that there's kind of this becomes this amnesia. Like you need to forget the pain and the suffering, especially of what the victim of, because that's a, there's, so the Buddhists say can be a little daunting, but 84,000 egos and um, anything. So chemicals feed egos. Um, So anything chemical, you know, we need to know that whether it is in our food or in drugs that we take, that feeds the ego. So um, I guess fried foods could do it as well. I I feel it does it to me. Like I can feel like when I am off my game and I eat more sugar or I, smoke a cigarette or any of those things that feeds the ego. It becomes a drink coffee. Even it feeds the ego. It's like a gateway. So the, our physical health practice is important in bringing in the being and bringing in more light, bringing in more um, divinity, mother earth, God, if you want to call it that source. And so that's going to have an effect. And then there's also the mind that has to choose to um, be present, right. And to have love and compassion for anything that's in front of us and all of that other stuff that's keeping us out of our peace. Like what's our goal? Our peace, like yes, world peace, but first inner peace. So anything that's taking us on a detour from what is, what is God? It's love. What is peace? I think it's love. And so it could all be down to love and, and then maybe second to love would be compassion. And then maybe third, I I think of truth. Those might be my top three words and to I want to say it again I said it before but if you want to know your past look at your face and if you want to know your future look at your thoughts and so I think that the greatest beauty and longevity um secret that I would know about is is having beautiful thoughts about others about yourself and like if you notice yourself comparing like like compassion like it's like we all have it but instead of going to the point where you start gossiping about that person or you know, you already have a thought. Now you, you bring it into voice or you start talking about it or you start writing about it. Now you're totally where you shouldn't be. So notice those thoughts quicker and shift it. Because if you want to know where those thoughts are bringing to you, they're bringing you to suffering. And it doesn't just happen um, kind of like in an in initial like wrinkle. It happens in like a very distorted um, death bed. You know, we think that death is so far away from us, but the reality is there are beings on this planet. There's a story of, of the Chinese were killing eight Buddhists and like all seven of them, like put up their hands and like just left their body. Like they already had mastered and dissolved their egos enough that they, they practice astral travel. They can come and go, but the eighth one got afraid and died. And there's also a story of a yogi, several yogis that like they knew it was time to die and they were in like Lotus and they left. So we, we are, we are such that these are our birthrights, but instead of learning these practices, we spend time in brothels, in clubs, in um, maybe you're, maybe they're playing kirtan or, or chanting music, but it's almost similar to it. And I love the good intentions and I love the yoga movements. And I'm very much kind of like part of that. And I've been, I think, I just would say that, you know, just look for there's ego everywhere. There's ego, even in a church in the middle of this mosque and like kind of the priest for sure. There's ego everywhere, but just look for the, the love, the compassion and the truth. 
And I think that like it, some people would say, well, it all leads you there, but no, it doesn't all lead you there. Cause some of it's going to lead you on wild goose chases for your whole life. And then you die. Even Timothy Leary and Terrence McKenna, like didn't have the most peaceful deaths. So you like be healed, get enlightened, you know, like get enlightened, have a peaceful death. I hope it'll be interesting. Cause I don't know how I'm going to die, but I know that it's, I'm not going to start practicing 10 days before, you know, I'm going to start now. Um, working towards eliminating that which is keeping me tethered, attached to my body, attached to my negative thoughts, attached to judging other people, attached to these grotesque, deformed, even lust. I I never mentioned that because I was like, oh, but lust is good. But scientific chastity is a huge piece of why I think Guru Mai, who's my husband's teacher, she just is like an electric bolt. And why these monks like light up the room because they've been able to withdraw their sensory um, sort of tendencies. Any, in Kabbalah, they say anytime you abstain from instant gratification, you get more light. So I don't. I practice white tantra, which is sacred sexuality. So there is a path in partnership where you can. You, sexuality is a part of path towards enlightenment, um, and that's been really huge. I think I practice all three forms of tantras. Though there's dark black tantra, there's gray tantra, and there's white tantra. Um, black tantra. I don't know where we are. Real quick, I feel like I should finish that thought, but Black Tantra is where you use the name of God and chanting and mantras, but you're practicing with many, many people, and it's for your own benefit. Like um, one Tantra teacher recently said, control their sexuality, you'll control their mind. So not necessarily, and then great sexuality, great Tantra would be that if you're in a committed partnership and you're practicing with one person, and but it's sacred. Um and there might be certain practices that you do that are not sacred, but that is, you know, at least you're with one. And then white Tantra is there's all these practices that you can use to awaken your Kundalini and um, kind of these very esoteric channels that I, even I'm learning about, you know, the Ida and Pingala and the Shishumna and things that, you know, I was just recently asking, like, because yoga itself, like even Ashtanga yoga the way I was taught before was I wasn't learning some of the esoteric transpersonal psychological things that were enlightening me. I could maybe do postures, but internally I still had a lot of depression and, and anger for sure. And definitely pride. I still have pride and I'm still working on all these things, but I would just say it's fun to be growing. And so white Tantra finally is, is that. And honestly, in some ways I've probably practiced all three. So I'm not judging anyone. I would just say that wherever you are, there's, you, there, you might think, okay, I've hit, I, I'm in it. No, I don't want to be a Buddha. And no, I don't want to be um, a Christ, but I would invite us to contemplate um, the, the next generation and what we're, how we're leaving the planet. And if we're just really taking our potential to its fullest and what we're doing with our time and if we're wasting it or if we're really utilizing it to um, become more of who we can be. And there are particular practices that we can explore and learn that can actually disrupt that inevitable suffering death. And so if it's anything else, like when you go, Oh, it's so awful. One, I don't, the yogi doesn't believe that death is real. So it's not like we're upset about the actual death, but I would just say, you know, living and how you die and all of that, that some of this is, is up to luck, but or the way, but how I, I really do feel there's much we can do to create a pathway that that attributes to more peace and light and happiness. And again, what did I say before? Love, compassion, and truth. So 
if we head towards that, we can actually recreate not just this moment, but our future. And I, I, I kind of want to end with just my last hope is for humanity. And to, um, again, I said it earlier, but if humanity will become enlightened, but the children have to not fall. And in order for that to even take place, we have to radically urgently change. And if we knew we had cancer, if we knew we had something serious, we would do everything we could to get there and, and heal ourselves. Like our whole world would stop. But the reality is we are sick. Like there's, a, we have poison. We have all sorts of signs that are showing us that we're not well, but we decide to go to another concert or we spend more money. I meant to tell this, you know, that a few days ago, the, the 11 heiresses died in a plane crash, like billionaires. Like you could get all the money in your life and you might still like, what happens? Were they ready to die? Like then the plane crashes. Like, are you ready to die? Are, and the Buddhists say they pretend that every day they could die tomorrow or in seven days. Cause if they don't, then they're, they're thinking they've got too long. So to really practice today, like there is no tomorrow. And I, the final thing I want to say is there's three types of men. And there's the one that wants material wealth for themselves. And then there's the one that wants spiritual wealth for themselves. And there's also the one that wants spiritual wealth for service. And really, that's the only one that should be remaining. And so we need to have practices and guidance and teachers and community and groups and families that allow us to awaken to the third because everything else is ultimately a distraction. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's um, so good. That's the best way I can respond to that. Just so good. And I, I love, I love every little piece that you brought into it because it's so relevant. And especially for me in my life and what I'm studying, it's really just like so relevant to everything that I'm, I'm, involved in especially as an evolving man um growing and looking at all my little shadow tendencies and all those little things that can be uncomfortable but working through it because i do know that i was born especially being born as a man i was born with a responsibility and a responsibility to serve and protect and provide not in the not in the the um, patriarchal or colloquial sense but in a higher sense and I'm currently waking up to what that looks like at the next level. So I really greatly appreciate you bringing in all these little nuances and, and really coming from a perspective of like, this is how you beautify yourself. You beautify yourself, not just by what you put in your mouth and, and all that is essential and that holds a vibration. There's a consciousness to the plants, but, but focusing on your consciousness and clearing out the cobwebs and clearing out the energetic obstructions and potentially the lifestyle habits that we think are normal, but are actually really distorted and are um, damaging our inner beauty, which is also damaging our outer beauty. So I really, really respect and appreciate you bringing in all those those things. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for everybody listening, where can everybody find out more about you? Because you also have a 21 day super cleanse. You have numerous books. I mean, you're involved in so many different things, essential oils. So I want to make sure that everyone has a, knows exactly where to find all your, your resources. I mean, the best resource is probably going to www.rainbow, R-A-I-N-B-E-A-U, Mars, M-A-R-S, lifestyles, 
um.com and that there is a hub for olive oil if you want to learn more about just having your own wellness consultation or even being in a mentorship program of becoming a, an educator because we need more of those in the world and then um you know rainbow mars is more my personal so i think that even i don't even know if that's connected that's more my art so rainbow mars lifestyles is the best service orientated we have yoga downloads i know i'm going to probably do a yoga retreat in Kauai this summer summer I like to lead more teacher trainings whenever I can. It's like part of my importance is to go really deep with certain people and spend days. I wish I actually had more time to just um, plant seeds specific. I think it's really helpful to work with leaders because I'm really interested in leaders. Again, my goal with 700 million people in the world would be that we need a million or 700 leaders, at least leading millions, a million people each. Right. And then yes, our 21 day superstar cleanse, um, is something we lead at least three times a year. I think our next one is now going to be in May. We're talking about April, but I'm going to be a bit on retreat. So I'm always studying. And that's, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm a student of yoga. I'm a yogi, but I love to be of service in whatever ways that I have come through and to support others. So Raymond Mars Lifestyles, I think pretty much everything else, my Instagram and all of arm lifestyles can be found, I believe, there. Awesome. This has been an absolute pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me always. It's so good to connect. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.